Hello guys, Danny again here for another episode of Screwed Up Moments Plus. Hope you all are doing well. So as we all know, and as I keep reiterating from these Screwed Up Moments episodes, this show is brought to you by a Singaporean social enterprise called Happiness Initiative. Uh, Social enterprises, in my view, have always been fascinating to me. They are halfway between a for-profit business and a non-profit entity, basically a business with a social cause. And in this episode, I'd like to examine that a little bit further, where in the previous Screwed Up Moments Plus, we were able to learn a little bit about the co-founders of Happiness Initiative and why they started Screwed Up Moments. Today, we are going to be learning about their social enterprise as well as those of others. I was fortunate enough to attend the local festival Music for a Cause back in August 2019, and I managed to capture a bunch of short interviews with some very interesting people around this very subject. So yeah, hope you find it interesting. Do check out Happiness Initiative. They are a really, really cool entity and hope you learn something new about social enterprises. Enjoy. All right, so uh, can you just briefly introduce yourself? How uh, I'm Sherman. I'm the co-founder of Happiness Initiative. Okay, and so what are we doing here today at Music for Cause? Uh, so basically, it's kind of like this music festival where they have a lot of performances and stuff and then like uh, a lot of social causes that set up booths here. So basically, they're using a music festival to raise awareness for the different social causes here in Singapore. Okay. In Singapore. And so, could you explain uh-huh. quite an interesting booth? What, uh-huh. Could you explain what your booth is about? Ha! Huh, you must come and play to find out. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's a, it's a little activity that we designed to help people understand uh, uh, one aspect about happiness so we did we did a more interactive activity lo, so that people can can learn it yeah. through trying it rather than through just us telling them what it is but I can't tell you what it is <laughs> <laughs> okay and so uh, you guys have been doing this happiness initiative for you know, a couple of uh, years now and um, I guess if you could briefly summarize what what uh, it means to you to be doing this kind of uh, enterprise? How what? would you do so? Yeah. What it means? Uh? Yeah. Uh, why, do you, why do you want to do this? No, I think I, I don't know. Leh. I think that happiness is just something that, that, that everyone aspires for. So, uh, uh, like for myself, I think that there are a lot of science behind well-being and happiness that I thought was very interesting the first time I found out about it. So I think it's very useful if more people know about this. Okay. So I... So... Yeah, I guess that's why what we I find what we do meaningful, I guess. <laughs> okay. It's a lot of I guesses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hi, I'm Simon. Uh, I'm from Happiness Initiative. Okay. And so uh, we are here at Music for Cause 2019. What are we doing here? Oh, we are trying to promote a happiness initiative of, uh, at uh, Music for Cause. So we just want to share with more people that uh, happiness can be a choice. Yeah. Okay, and so could you briefly like talk talk through what Happiness Initiative does? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so we 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 try to introduce to people the science of um, behind happiness and well being, and we do it through some engaging platforms, uh, TGIF, travel, uh, games, introspection, and film. So that's the four platforms that we try to share with people the science behind well being and happiness. Okay. And then, um, what does doing this mean to you? So personally, right, I think that uh, 
people do not have to be unhappy before they realize that happiness is uh, very important but more often it is more often the case that a lot of people begin to value happiness when they begin to lose it so we hope to share with people that um, uh, either they don't lose it too much before they start valuing happiness or they can even not lose happiness at all uh, in, you know, for them to value happiness. Okay, that is pretty good. Then maybe, uh, yeah, so could you introduce us to... <laughs> our, our head of public relation, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have a head of public relation here. His name is Rico. Rico... Okay, he's a very, very good boy and he doesn't, he doesn't uh, bark so and he doesn't whine so you, you can't hear anything from him but he's smelling the mic, uh, wondering if it's edible. You know, he's going to put his tongue around it and try to swallow your mic. And how, how, how did you guys uh, come to Dog Rico? Uh, we, we okay. Someone introduced us uh, to Rico, who is uh, in a shelter. So he was um, about maybe slightly more than a year old. He was a puppy when the rescue when 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 the uh, rescue group uh, found him at a factory. So his younger brother, right, was killed uh, because they were fighting with the other dogs and they realized that uh, it could be too territorial for him to stay with the other dogs and they just picked him up. Uh, so once uh, he kind of settled into the shelter and he grew a bit bigger, uh, one option was to put him back to the factory area. Another option was to look out for people to adopt him. So they opted for the, you know, put him up for adoption because the dogs are pretty territorial because his brother was killed. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, what was the decision behind making him the head of ER for? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I I think when he came to us, right, he was a bit wary of uh, of uh, people. Uh, then uh, over the course of these few months, um, he opened up a lot, and and uh, once when I was with him, uh, we were at Holland Village. There was a baby uh, that was crying, so he actually put me towards the baby and he wanted to comfort the baby and uh, when he went towards the baby uh, you know the baby got distracted by him and then kind of stopped crying so I thought there's something very unique about him you know, that he, could, he had a very therapeutic effect on uh, strangers so I thought uh, he's such a good uh, uh, candidate to fill up for PR so he doesn't judge anyone he doesn't you know anyone that 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 goes towards him uh, will get uh, you know he will just interact with the person i thought wow we, yeah it's such a great pr has he been okay and has he been doing a great job so far uh, yeah he's been doing a great job you know at the booth here right although it's extremely hot he just interacted with everyone uh, uh, you know anyone that could touch a dog when they see him would approach him and just ask if they could pet him Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay, Thank okay, you good. so much. Okay. So, uh, yeah, can you just uh, introduce yourself? Yeah. Sure. Hi. Uh, my name is Clarence. Okay. Um, I'm founder of Access. Um, so. And then. Uh, oh. yeah, so. So, what is it that, that you do? Okay. So, I'm a student right now. 
uh, on the sidelines, I run um, Ground Up Organization. It's called Access. So essentially what Access does is we provide non-academic opportunities for underserved secondary school students. So more, um, so specifically we do mentorships, we do um, work attachments for students, um, and I think that's, uh, we feel that this is the best way to tackle inequality in Singapore, um, by providing this sort of social network, social capital for these students. And how long have you been doing this? Oh, it's been about six months in. Um, yeah, so, so it's been quite interesting. Um, we ran our first pilot in June, so we had 20 students. Um, we worked with four different partners, um, specifically in the media sector for the first run. Alright, yeah. and so, you know, not a lot of people run this kind of thing of course. as a student. Of course. So what does doing this mean to you? Um, I think it's something really close to my heart because I came from normal academic stream. Um, and I think what I've learned so far is that um, throughout my journey, mentors came in and really guided me, um, provided the right internship opportunities. So, so I think um, the best way forward really, um, I think what I've learned is really um, by providing these sort of opportunities, students really, um, it allows them to level the playing field uh, together with other um, students from good schools, the elite schools. Yeah. Oh, um, hi everyone. I'm Ryu Shu and I'm the co-founder of The Kin Story. Okay. So oh, oh. could you no 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 as okay. in, as in, <laughs> question. Okay. Could you so so could you briefly explain what Kin Story is about? Sure. So the Kin Story is an online platform. So we sell secondhand clothes and our mission is really to spread the word and show youth in Singapore that there is a more sustainable way to love fashion. Doesn't always have to be, you know, the following the latest trends or getting the newest clothing, but rather finding clothing that fits you. And there's a lot more style and variety in secondhand clothes as well. So that's why we started the Kids Story. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So not a lot of people, you know, go on to start online, you know, online businesses or e-commerce businesses, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What got you into starting the Kids Story? Uh, I think so. I started the Kids Story with my co-founder Eliza, and this was something that we both felt. Um, was something that we were very passionate about, something that was very close to heart. And because of that, we also faced you know, different like, incidents, personal incidents that led us to starting this. So at that point of time, while we were still in the same job, we decided to take a leap of faith and just go for it. And here's where we are today. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so then uh, last question. Yeah. What does doing this, uh, what, what does running this company mean to you personally? Uh, Personally, okay, so if I can just share my own personal incident. So what happened was I was in a previous job and back then someone told me that I was always wearing the same clothes. And at that point, I just felt very embarrassed of doing it. Uh, But after some, like after thinking about it, I realized actually, was I wrong to be doing it? And after starting the Kin story, you start hearing a lot of similar stories uh, of especially females who feel this thing called like stigma um, or different barriers of just wanting to do their part for the environment and listening to these stories and helping them feel more empowered showing them that there's a growing community of girls out there girls and guys out there who want to uh, join in on this slow fashion revolution wearing the same clothes and making their own decisions is very empowering I think it also helped me grow a lot uh, as I started ever since I started the Kin Story okay. yeah Alright, so um, could you just briefly introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Joe. I run a social enterprise called Love Action Project and I'm the founder of Music Forecast. Alright, so we are here at this uh, event that you, that you started Music Forecast. Could mm-hmm. you explain uh, how this, uh, this whole thing got started and why you started? Well, it started because of the, I, uh, my idea of wanting to bring 
create a space where I can bring multiple social causes together and uh, allowing the public to come and learn about what they do to generate the right awareness beyond just fundraising. Okay. What was the reasoning behind like, uh, adding music to the mix as well? I think music is a universal language. It brings people together and uh, the whole idea of uh, having a space for musicians to use their own language, especially Singapore, lo- uh, Singapore musicians, uh, offers that little extra touch la, in terms of how music speaks that language and at the same time bring people together and having the social cause present in that space uh, really help to promote the whole idea of uh, inclusivity. Okay, yeah. so this year is its fourth year already. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has the response been throughout the, all, all these years they've been running? Um, well, I, I think year on year we, we, are, we are making a breaking a little bit a little bit of a space into the whole whole public sphere <clears throat> we, we we do have uh, we, we did grow we grow quite a bit like, I mean I must say from where we started off in 2016 escape we are now here at UFX being part of UFX I think it also shows that uh, that there's some people and there mo- a lot of people are starting to believe the whole idea of social impact and the whole idea of understanding uh, social causes being aware of it before you even thought about giving back to them so I think it's quite heartening uh, I believe there's still a little bit of a little bit more way to go, but I think we 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 are, we are getting there, and I'm happy that in this fourth year we got more social causes on board and uh, offering probably a more opportunity to learn about them in the space. Yeah. Yeah. So last question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can, I can imagine that there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, setting and organizing all these things. But once you see it all in action, once you're here at the event itself, what what does it mean to you? Um, I think it's a never-ending process. La. I, I mean, even on event day, we're thinking about how to make it better for everybody here. Uh, it's, it's, our job is never done. Uh, it's always about thinking about the, the next day, how is it going to be done. Like At this present moment, we're thinking about how to get more people to come down to know about the social causes. And of course, after the event ends, we think about next year. La. We think about how we're going to improve it, how we can we even grow it to, to be better, how we can we promote it and market to different demographics groups to get them more interested to come by next year. So it's that journey. La. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what kind of uh, impact do you hope to achieve with social enterprises in the, in the future? Mm, well, I think that uh, more importantly, we should be, we, we should be recognized as on par la, as typical private businesses. La. I think social enterprise doesn't operate any different in terms of uh, business. Uh, so I think the, the recognition should at least be on par. And by the same time, if knowing that social enterprise run like a normal business at the same time create social impact, it also means that we social enterprise has a heavier burden on their shoulder, la, You know, in terms of beyond making profit, there's also a need to make society better or create a better society out there. So I think that's important. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you, you very much, man. All right. So that was the series of short interviews with some of our local social entrepreneurs. Definitely, definitely interesting to see such a vibrant and passionate community of change makers right here in Singapore. Thank you to the guests who spoke up for this brief episode, Sherman and Simon from Happiness Initiative, Clarence from Access, Yushu from The Kin Story, and Joe from Love Action Project. If you'd like to check out their individual projects, I will be leaving their details in the episode description below. And speaking of projects and events, reminder again that the Happiness Conference 2020 is coming up in March. Tickets are already available. Go get them and learn more about happiness there. Links also in the description. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Do follow the show on Spotify and please, please, please help to spread the show. See ya!